Welcome all, welcome all. Your host Cam is here and we are having yet another podcast guest. Tonight we are interviewing Elena Phillips, the event coordinator at the Central Florida Film Festival and formerly of various Arizona and Nevada Wild West recreations. Welcome. Hi. Uh, I hate to be this person, but it's actually Alana. Alana, Alana. Alana. <laughs> yeah. I've had to do it all my life. But I usually oh. I usually get those people who say I Alana asked. or usually, Alana. <laughs> usually I ask. <laughs> okay. Alana Phillips. <laughs> Alana Phillips says me. <laughs> oh dear. I am the it's worst. Okay. It's all good. I'm just to make it more work for myself. So um welcome and hi thank you it's great <laughs> to be here <laughs> so what brought you to various entertainment uh, positions <laughs> um like okay so well i have been doing theater since i was seven and that was um many years ago anyway but uh so i i was doing acting and when i was when i was eight and I told my mother that I wanted to be a famous actress, whatever. And uh, my mom said, absolutely not. I'm not going to let you be a child star. And I was so stubborn. And I <laughs> said to her, well, if you're not going to let me be in the movies, then I'm going to make my own movies. And I grabbed my dad's uh, home video camera and I would nice. grab my friends from school and I would just make my own films. And then when I was nine, I decided I wanted to be a film director. And uh, and I kind of got the influence of working in film from my parents as well, because my dad used to make surf films in Puerto Rico and Mexico, mm -hmm. like The Endless Summer. And then my mother worked for George Lucas in Industrial Light Magic back in the 80s. So, but then they, nice. they moved away from working in film after that. And they just, you know, had the normal nine to five and everything, but it, it was, it was something that like, I kind of got from them, but I developed on my own just from the musicals. My mom showed me when I was a kid. And then my dad was very into war films and uh, my grandfather was very into John Wayne Westerns. And so, <laughs> it just, you know, it kind of was adapted that way. And, and uh, so then in high school, I did a lot of theater. And then when I got into college, I started college in Cupertino, California, and I was living with family uh, over there. And then my college cut my film program. And <laughs> so I was like, oh my goodness, I just moved from Florida to California. What am I going to do next? And my mother at the time was living in Northern Nevada and uh, living in the old West town, Virginia city known for the TV show Bonanza. And uh, she said, well, come here and, you know, figure out what college you're going to go to next. So I moved there and I was working in a bakery and the, uh, the stars of the wild west show in that town called the virginia city outlaws would come into the bakery every morning and would get coffee pastry whatever and they knew that i was studying film and they asked me to be in the show and i ended up working in a two-time award-winning wild west comedy show for five years and that really helped my career after that because we would always have directors and producers come to our show and they were you know they were scouting for new cast and so that's, that's kind of how it all developed yeah thanks and then um, what else? And then that just led to me working on more projects in Florida because the, the show in, the, uh, in Nevada was, uh, it was a seasonal position. So I would always go back to Florida and I ended up going uh, to college down in Orlando. And, uh, but then I, I was doing work up in New York and I had a talk show in New York 
uh, it was called the filmmaker show and it was, um, yeah, just, you know, entertainment all around. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, had that show and I was also there. So I was a co-star, you know, on location in New York, but then I also was the West coast correspondent cause I was doing a lot of work in, uh, California, Nevada and Arizona. And, uh, yeah, so did that. And then because of the wild West show too, the, founder of the central florida film festival uh he and his wife were visiting virginia city and lake tahoe and they came to my wild west show and then uh he asked me to work for the central florida film festival and i ended up hosting back in 2015 and then i came back uh, a couple of years later when there was a new executive director of the festival brendan rogers and he asked me if i wanted to be um the it, it was like a SendFlow correspondent. So I was interviewing all the filmmakers and the slogan for SendFlow is we're a film festival for filmmakers by filmmakers. So it, it's just, there's a really nice connection in that way. And then, you know, my positions changed through the years with SendFlow and I'm currently their marketing and, or excuse me, their event media coordinator. So I do Very that nice. and, and uh, I'm a, so I'm an actress and I'm a director, a writer and a video editor. So Stellar. Thanks. So basically you got the unofficial invite and you accepted and you <laughs> trucked along. Just moved on. Yeah. <laughs> so what what would you say? You know, obviously you also were big into surfing at age seven. And uh, did you just kind of just want to just soar, just try so many different things and not let life bring up any obstacles, basically? I mean, that, that's what life's about is just living. So yeah, I learned how to you know, surf when I was uh, seven. My dad taught me that, you know, he's the one that made the, the surf movies. So, you know, that's just one of the things I do. So <laughs> did you <laughs> guys enjoy, ever just, have private screenings? Like you'd look at each other's ads or movies and be like, I worked on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Everyone went their separate way and just respect each other and their job title. Got it. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, of course, any kind of entertainment industry, you know, everyone always will look at something and be like, I can do that. It's like, I'm sure you could, but you need the motivation, and everything for it. Well, what kept your confidence levels up? What, uh, what, what motivation did you keep reminding yourself uh, to just, it was that motivation. Steady? It was that, that motivation of ever since I was a kid that I knew this is what I wanted to do. Um, when I began, like when I was eight, nine, and I was watching a lot of DVD bonus features and stuff of how to Ooh. make films, I thought it was so inspiring in that way. And I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. And, and you know, the only way you're able to do something is if you actually just get up and do it. And, you know, the other thing is, is I am a very, I, I've gotten better through the years, but I, especially as a kid, I was very stubborn. So if people told me I couldn't do something, I had to prove them wrong. And I still kind of have that mentality too, but I think that's what helps keep me going. Um, I always was kind of competitive and stuff. And, but I remember like in school, I would have so many teachers, you know, your teachers are supposed to be the ones that inspire you. I had so many teachers who would just, try to tear me down all the time. Mm. And they would say, you will never work in the industry. That's a one in a million chance, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I'm proving you're wrong already, you know? And uh, so I don't know, just like now with my stuff, like this is, filmmaking is what I love to do. And I love everything about it because I do everything in film, you know? And I love acting. Acting is just something that's just pure joy. But like, 
being able to storytell and create, I just, I love it so much. And I just worked on a short uh, last week um, called Let Go. And it's based off a poem that a cousin of mine wrote. Uh, her name's Ashley Elder. And this was one of these projects where I didn't have a full crew. It was just me because this was more of like a, I need to do this for me kind of thing. So, because I just enjoy it anyway. So I filmed, I directed and, you know, the editing, everything. And just when you're able to create a story and just bring it to life, that brings so much joy into my heart. And so uh, just having these types of thoughts and it, it, that's what pushes me. It just keeps pushing me through because this is what I want to do. And it's, and I'm never going to want to stop doing that. That's very lovely. And <laughs> how would you describe your narrative? Would you say it's just kind of just free flowing or just like you say, just always going for the emotional core? Um, it, it's just kind of free flowing. It just depends. Okay. Well, and I mean, in all fairness, you had like three different types of, you know, movies in your house. <laughs> you had musicals, wars, and western movies right. so. so and when I yeah and when I write it's always something different like I love comedy and I've always loved comedy because I feel like laughter is the best medicine and just like in my everyday life if I can't make one person laugh in my day I feel like I kind of failed the day <laughs> it's just that's my own thing but you know but then I go on to these other you know genres like I've, I've written war films I've written westerns um dramas like the the piece that I just uh directed let go that's a that's a, it's a bit of a drama. It's just about um, overcoming heartbreak. So it's, it's dramatic, but then it's got a happy ending at the end. But some of my stuff I've written does not have a happy ending at the end of it. And uh, like in, in, the, in the works, like within a few months, I'm shooting a thriller that I, um, that I wrote. It, it's just uh, whatever comes to me, like if I'm, it's just whatever, whatever I'm feeling in the moment, that's, that's what I go for. And I like a, I like a contrast of, of different genres because it makes, it makes storytelling more exciting. Do you feel like many are having to just think outside the box, realizing that there's so many different misconceptions to a genre? Like people assume that because something is like, for instance, like maybe action-based, it must instantly be stupid and filled with explosions or because it's horror, that means it must be scary when it can just be gothic-y and have an implied monster as the antagonist, you know? I think, I think in like mainstream film, you know, like all the big production companies and stuff, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the, cre the creativity has been lost. So I feel like in that way, if you're going to the theater, uh, some people will you know, they'll, 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 they'll expect with the genre, oh, it's going to be this and that, whatever. But if you go into independent film, you're kind of shocked and amazed on how people can turn the genre around and make it a little more exciting because they are morphing genres together, you know? Like, I worked on a, like, I mean, and this has been around for a bit anyway, but, like, a few months ago, I filmed a comedic horror, you know? And so a lot of the time when people think horror films, they think blood and guts and everything. They don't expect laughter whatsoever. So... Um, and, and that was an independent film too. So I think it's just, I think it really depends on what you're looking at. If you're looking at the mainstream stuff or if you're looking at independent, because I think with the, with the mainstream, I think a lot of people have lost, like ever since the, the writer's strike back in 08, I feel like a lot of people have lost their creativity. Um, and that's why we're getting a lot of like these, uh, these reboots of like TV shows and movies and things. 
Uh, totally. There yeah. also, I noticed, seem to be a, I, I'm sure you've encountered this, uh, a battle on what's the best kind of camera to work with. Yeah. Digital versus film. Just because something shot in a film doesn't necessarily mean it's good. At the same time, right. you got digital <laughs> with so many people who just don't know how to use certain zooms and tracking and right you're going to see a blooper in any kind of quality of movie and yet the internet's kind of taken up on storm by having various clickbait sites and even cinema sins which is just like just trying so hard to just look for any kind of blooper which inevitably you're gonna find if you've seen a movie multiple times so sure absolutely well what what kept your stress levels kind of down when you're just seeing all this creative and disorderly conduct and just so many people just getting into culture wars? <laughs> um, you mean like when it comes to the camera angles or like when it comes to bloopers, like like uh, just creative just in general creative arguments to where it just seemed like it was just there to just make the internet go into chaos when you're just like, hey, you know, uh, uh respectfully disagree i like this kind of thing <laughs> or sure it's big budget it's got great acting but the story is bananas bad you know <laughs> what i i look for constructive criticism so when it comes to the internet i just for the most part don't pay attention to Filter. it um it, okay. it's just like it's just like with anything, you know, I mean, even a picture that you post or whatever, you're always going to have the people who praise you and the people who hate you. And, uh, you know, just half the stuff that is on the internet. I mean, there's, we got billions of people in the world, right? So, and billions of people are on the internet. So you're going to have billions of, uh, love and hate things going on. And really, I think you need to just be close with your peers, um, just other creatives and, just create your own content and whether it looks good or it doesn't look good to whoever you made something and you made it because you thought it looked good. You know, it's just, there's so many, I hate hearing, well, I like opinions from an audience that isn't, you know, in the industry because then they're not focusing so much on the type of camera angle or what it is. But, um, you know, there's times too, where they just, they don't have a lick of talent and they have no idea what they're talking about, you know? And so, I just, yeah, when it comes to, you know, social media, just the internet, I, I do not pay attention to it. I just, I focus on who I'm working with at that time and, you know, like close friends and stuff too. If I want like a non-entertainment uh, industry or yeah, like a non-entertainment industry, you know, perspective on it. For sure. Uh, since a lot of things are being corporatized and it's hard to tell whether something is good or not because of hype machines being over the top and like you say uh deciding whether or not you know the story is there or if it's all a gimmick based on the technology being utilized um uh what, what were some of the best kind of mentors that you got in this industry besides yourself <laughs> um i'm uh mentors uh let's see because like, like you you did mention there were some awful professors that you'd occasionally encounter you're just like you are yeah, not constructive well, you're just here right. to because you worked at a local station and you're just full of yourself <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah you know it was it was funny with college um because I had a lot of I had a lot of people I had a I took an acting class it wasn't even part of my degree I was just doing it just for you know a refresher and uh and just because my friends were in the class too and I remember like the professor <laughs> she 
this is what I've learned. And this is why I don't always like acting classes because what I've learned in acting classes is that sometimes the, the person teaching the acting class is like a washed up entertainer, like someone mm-hmm. who does not continue. Uh, and yes. so they have a certain opinion. And I feel like I feel like some acting teachers give really bad advice. I think some give great advice. I think the ones that aren't actually teachers and who end up teaching, they give phenomenal advice. But um, like this professor in particular, she she was washed up. She she hadn't worked in like, I don't know, 20 years or something. And I felt like, (laughs) yeah, like I feel like instead of instead of like constructive criticism she was just trying to tear down her students so they wouldn't succeed and half the people that I know who were in that class they want to act but they're terrified to act now and it was because of that professor and I've always tried to give them more of a positive perspective of like hey you know it's not that was just one opinion you know and that goes back into like what's on the internet and everything like don't focus on that all the time because it's one person's opinion and they just are trying to some people are just trying to ruin the creatives day but good uh, <laughs> mentors in my life. Um, I had uh, I had a great lighting professor who just gave me really Ooh, great advice. That is yeah. <laughs> so lighting is not like like I know the basics to lighting, but I'm definitely not a pro at it. And and I give props to people who who are lighting technicians because it's you could a lot at least of hard use work. Certain shortcuts or certain verbiage that they would understand though absolutely and that's what you should know yeah that's what you should know as a director and I remember so I was in his class his name was uh John Whiteley that was my professor um it was I don't know maybe it was like the third week of class or something and we were learning how to put a light together and then set it up on a stage and I was the last person to go because I was nervous and and because I was like I don't know what I'm doing and so I remember I was like so nervous and I and like and and, and people started laughing in class because I'm putting this light together and I you know and I'm cracking jokes because I'm nervous and I'm, I'm like just trying to get through it and then he said class dismissed and I'm about to leave class and he's like Alana I need to speak to you for a second I'm just like oh my god I'm in so much trouble <laughs> you know and and uh I'm like he's gonna kick me out of his class and on top of that he was British too so that's just intimidating as it is you know and so uh just the hell? Accent. get so, over here you dumb that's Mark. basically he was like alone I need to see you for a moment and I was like oh no <laughs> it's gonna be off with my head you know and so I go up to him and I like the first thing I said was am I in trouble and he goes oh god no you're not in trouble you know and and then he was telling me he was just like I just want to like I want to talk to you so he spent an hour with me after class getting so you me. wanted to actually learn so he's like no I want to give you this extra advice this is your extra absolutely absolutely <laughs> and so the so yeah so he spent an hour getting to know me like w- wanting to know why I was studying film what what the deal was yeah and, and what my experience was and you know told him and we developed a great friendship through this but he told me and this is like simple advice and everything but he he said to me, and I've kept it with me since, and I think it's why I'm kind of a go-getter when it comes to film and I just keep doing things. But he said, if you are ever nervous about doing something, go first instead of last, because then you can just get it over with. And, you know, and if it works out great and if it doesn't, then, you know, you, you get to move on. And so, I but I remember- this involves a burning accent, but fair <laughs> enough. 
<laughs> I know. It's, but, that's but, great. <laughs> yeah. But, but so anyway, like it just, that helped me a lot. He was great. Uh, John Dodonna is a, another professor of mine uh, over in Orlando. He's phenomenal. He, another class I took that had nothing to do with my career was script analysis, but my God, that, that class was, that it was so encouraging. Um, right. Just for, for screenwriting and everything. I mean, God, script analysis is amazing because you just learn about life because Let's part of filmmaking too is, yeah. <laughs> Half the movies I like are technically shit, but they're entertaining. Oh, absolutely. Well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, it's the but, style. but yeah, yeah. So that professor was great. And then um, like, I have a friend, his name's Jerry Parisi. He was my, my co-host for, uh, the filmmaker show and he taught me a lot about you know live talk shows and he taught me a lot about like film in, in New York um, and yeah there's just there's a lot of people that I, I still look up to to this day I work with to this day and I mean every day I'm just I'm meeting you know more people in the industry and they're teaching me something new and I'm willing to learn because I think um, you know going back to people who've been in the industry for a while and then they haven't really been successful or anything is I think this is in general with people but um I think people they they don't want to continue to learn so then of course you're not going to grow in your career or anything and then life is about learning you know so um, that's so true sometimes it's as simple as get an internship and buy everyone coffee but by that point you're either burned out or you've already been just like I I I got I got to get something in the bank (laughs) Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Or I've done all absolutely. these student films, but I'm not proud of any of them and none of them can be edited enough to make it into a festival or vice versa. They're, they're festival worthy, but you're just you're sure. so close to yeah. it. You don't have to visit. <laughs> yeah. Half the time you're, you're working on these projects and you're so excited because you're like, Oh great. I can have this for my acting reel. And you're like, Oh no, I can't. <laughs> Right. You know, because of just the camera quality or the editing or all of the above, even the storytelling. Like, yeah. Did and you then ever? It's it disappointing. Yeah, and, and life should not have too many disappointments. Um, and <laughs> did, did you ever get to the point where you're just like, oh, I got a great crew of actors or, uh, you know, crew film crew, and you know, then next thing you know, they start moving away, or well now I can't afford them or something like that. And then you're like, well, now sure. I, get, I better yeah. pick more people's brains now. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I, I was directing um, a short of mine that I'm currently still editing. It's a comedy called Undercover Date. And um, <laughs> one of my, it, it's fun. It's a fun one. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of, I actually act in it too. So I definitely pulled a Mel Brooks where I'm like, you know, wearing all hats. Um, <laughs> there you go. But he's he's my hero so that there's a mentor right well i mean i've never met him but you know he's he's my my film inspiration absolutely we'll we'll get to your favorite movies here in a bit yeah we'll get into that in a second but anyway so uh uh what was i saying undercover date oh right so one of my actresses she she moved down to south florida and i was like ah and so you know i mean it was it was one of those issues because i had i already had an actor who was all the way in the panhandle of florida um, so that's like seven hours away from where I am, you know, cause I'm in central <laughs> Florida and yeah. And so, and then she moved, she was an hour from me. And then she all of a sudden was three and a half hours away from me and went, and we had, um, we were shooting this film and everything was like set in stone. Everybody was going to make it. And then all of a sudden, like my actors were perfect. 
and then it was my sound man and my assistant director and they they we had to switch dates because they, they you know my assistant director is also a makeup artist so she had a makeup thing to do and I'm like we've had this planned like we we have contracts what's going you know so it was yeah it's just there, there's always something like that with a film where like you think the crew or the cast are going to be great and then and then just you know stuff happens and then you you just make mental notes of who you're going to use in your next project and whatever so yeah it's a good point yeah uh so again you know we're 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 all about being blunt and being very realistic on this show because there's many for even i won't name names but there's even some indie shows which don't even even get even a quarter of the way into a lot of the harsh realities of film they just want to have some semi-famous person talk on their show but um right that you 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 allowed me a good segue that I was eventually going to get into. So um, <laughs> when you're trying to filter through, again, just, you know, I once almost got extorted by someone who me and my father hired for a gig and it was just like, just relentlessly bad. It's like, dude, you signed the paperwork. What do you not understand? And so, <laughs> you know, Facebook is more challenging place. And, you know, obviously you can only use the block search engine so many different times. Um, yeah. What are some factors that you recommend for when, you know, someone has disappointed and it's nothing personal, but they're just not your go-to or they're just too big of a character and it's just getting in the way of everyone's creative interests. And sometimes you have so, friends who are into it. So well, what, what do you, you use as the main? So how to filter? fire someone basically. Well, <laughs> obviously I'm sure you know all about, you know, the contracts and the A's and everything, but what, what, what is your main filter that you use other than have lunch with the person or just ask them 20 questions and then either like the results or not? Uh, what, what, what is your main uh, barrier I, that you go through? I don't like to fire people because I really, no I want <laughs> people, you know, no one does. Right. You know, <laughs> but um it's, it's one of these things where I give it a go. Um, I've never actually had to fire someone. Um, I I've been in situations where I've been close to it, but somehow I just managed to make it work. And I really, I, I talked to the person and I'm like, all right, what's holding you up. And then I usually figure out like what's going on. If it's like a personal issue or if it's another gig they're working on, or if they're feeling that they just like, they actors, especially like they, they, uh, you know, sometimes they feel like that they can't mentally prep for a role or something, you know? And that was an issue I was having with a shoot last year. I was, I was having, uh, personal issues with an actor or they they were having personal issues and then it was leading to they just couldn't perform the role and uh but I mean what I do too is I always have um I always have backups too if I can't it's kind of like I got that training from you know theater of having an understudy so I always have five other names you call right exactly and I'm and I let them know I'm like hey I have a film going on and I already have somebody, you know, for the position, blah, blah, blah. But would you be free in case if anything were to happen? And people usually say yes. And I get a couple no's and whatever. And, and, you know, and that's it. So, but I've had, you know, it's just, I, I really, I mean, I get, because I haven't, you know, I've almost fired someone. I didn't fire someone. I just really try to get to the bottom of what's happening and see if we can work it out. And then otherwise I'll have to tell them to, you know, we'll let it go. And then, you know, that goes into some other paperwork there where I've released the person and I've paid them the amount they've, they need to get paid and and that's it. So, <laughs> but I've never had to sue anyone or anything, you know, it's not like, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. 
that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Usually you can have some diction that you highlight. Uh, have you ever had to put extra stress on the whole will be paid upon completion of the product? Seems like a lot of film crew like to read between the lines and it's like, uh-uh, you're not gambling on me here. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You're not extorting yeah, me, you're not, oh, I, I thought you said this. No, no, bullshit, no misunderstanding. It's there in dark, bold letters. We'll be paid, up, you know, compensated. Oh, no, I, I definitely, when I, when I, um, when I work with people, when I do contracts, I sit down one-on-one with that person and I read through it with them. Um, and the reason why is because I, I, I don't usually get that with a contract. I usually, so if I get a contract, like if I'm just acting, I always am reading it, but I always have other people read it with me just in case if I miss something. But I make sure that like when I'm going over contracts with crew and, and cast, I read it with them and I make, because I don't want any delays in the production, you know? I mean, nobody does, yeah. you know, that's just more money that you're wasting. You know what I mean? If you have to, you know, have extra days because there's a conflict here or whatever. So, but yeah, I, I sit down, we have a nice lunch and I sit down with them and we go over everything and I make sure a million times, are you comfortable doing this? Is this what you can do? Are you available at this time and this is the kind of stuff you don't learn this like if you're a first-time filmmaker of course you don't know any of this stuff this no. is stuff you just learn over time this is from experience so right and they can, I mean, they can even teach you this in in school and everything but you know what that's the thing in film school they didn't teach me any of the chaos that can go on on a set they just taught me the basics of everything I'll you know give you, you one, learn from being on a set i'll give you one shitty piece of advice one professor gave me Okay. Or actually more more like they gave to one of my peers and I, mm-hmm. I i just had to tell that peer stop following that fucking stupid advice that right. is the biggest letdown you could ever do he was like well if someone's misbehaving on your film set you're just gonna have to start all over it's just like <laughs> you no if you've cost a million dollars no, no, no. that's where you say i suggest you reread your contract you know <laughs> Mm-hmm. i'll get past your diva attitude but don't just do the whole oh, you know i guess i got a movie i can't finish it's like no bullshit i paid this person <laughs> they're coming <Right>. back <laughs> yeah they are coming back i know I, I had the issue well with that actor that i had last year who was having the personal issues and they couldn't make it i was like you are like i it was great with this film too because uh i actually went under budget i i didn't even go over budget but i remember and i was really glad for that because i ended up with this actor he was supposed to film one day and i had him shoot the next day because i was like (laughs) basically because he's a good friend of mine too i basically said to him i'm like you got to be here for this date or your ass is grass you know (laughs) so that's good uh, oh that's good because sometimes they're looking for that blunt energy and other times it's like okay i i'm trying to be on your level but there's more to it this than just being on the same ego wave or what have you is like what, what what's holding you back and so right. there are going to be actors who just for whatever reason never turn down a role but at the same time you have to just say okay you just said you can't make these last free readings just say you do yeah. or do not want to do this instead of just well i'll do it no i i get that you're that's just out of bad habit just can you do it or not you know yeah like you like yeah it's it's just yeah either you can do it or please don't waste anybody else's time you know and but then and then sometimes you gotta like I don't know in my opinion like you 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 can be understanding to a point but 
at the same time you're getting a production you know you've got to finish production you know so you've got to either and phone crew guys stick with them or so yeah. some of them are used to being yelled at or getting three hours of sleep and that's where he's just like okay i get that you got these two other giant corporate gigs you're filming a sporting event and then you're filming a honda commercial but just just say hey that's a bigger priority contact me back in the next two months instead of i'm not sure man you know <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that, there's yes and there's everything else, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's scheduling because sometimes like, you know, things get booked and then like you put it in your calendar and everything and then you forget all about it and you've booked other things going on. But it's just it's time management. And I think people... Thank I mean, because I've been I've been known for this too. You know, you get really excited about something and you're saying yes to everything, you know? And it's just, you got to really pay it... because anyone in in the industry they have to remember this too like they are their own boss and so they have to like they have to uh, like do their own scheduling not everyone has an assistant where they have a schedule and they can keep you on track you know what i mean right and so like you you are your own business you know as an actor as an editor whatever it is so you need to know what roles you can take on and make sure it doesn't conflict with whatever else you're working on and don't make too many promises to people because if you keep making promises to people and then you fail on those promises you're not going to get any work no it just ruins your reputation absolutely so totally uh so i'm, I'm glad we agree on this <laughs> i think i think everyone does it's just a lot of people at the time don't understand what a promise really is they're just like right. they're just so used to being commonly employed and then it just is like well it might not happen right away but you know, just what just wait two to five years someone eventually yeah. is gonna be like yeah this person never knows their lines or they they are the video guy you know camera b is always late to set never has a good excuse you know <laughs> absolutely i'm partnered with two other production companies besides mine and oh, and sweet. so yeah and so like w one of the production companies i was working with they asked me hey how do you feel about adding this person on? I made a face and I was like, I mean, it's all right. And they were like, all right, how do you really feel? And I said, do not, absolutely not. And I, and I, and I explained to them too. I said, I am not saying this, like it, this is not for a personal reason. This is a professional reason, but this is why, and here was a situation and I wouldn't trust it. And I'm so, glad you bring that up. I, I get yeah. tired of where everyone thinks, oh, everyone's talking smack about each other. It's like, no, it's nothing personal. I like, I don't, I, this actor is, competent but they're not a good collaborator they're not good at feeding off of the other actors in the room they're kind of the ugly duckling so to speak or right. the sky's good with storyboarding or and taking your shots but often speaks his mind way too much and he's not being helpful he's just kind of wanting to take over your movie and that's not cool you know? <laughs> right right <laughs> or he thinks yeah, that yeah. The or he talks down to the director acting like they're a dipshit who's never done any movie before yeah yeah oh but oh god going into directors like there's and this is what has made me become a better director is working with not so great directors and it's tough when but but there's a whole there's a whole thing about respect and no matter what position you're in but like you can have a very experienced actor and a brand new director you know and that's when you don't like don't talk down to a director because they don't have as much experience or what or maybe they have years of experience and they're still not the best director or something it's just it just means they haven't grown in their you know profession but it's like everyone's just got to respect each other because we're all on this set 
making a movie. We're all here for the same reason. We want to storytell, you know? And so there shouldn't be any of that conflict. And like, but it, it can't go back to high school. And I have been on, Oof. not so much with crews, but with, with actors and not all actors either. But when I first worked in New York, I was a part of this, uh, this show that never happened, <laughs> but, uh, but the, the extras of all things, the extras were being extra. Let me put it that way. Uh... They did not know. They did not know that I was a supporting role. So I made the joke and because we, the, the film, it wasn't a film. It was a TV series. Um, it was set at a bar and they, they filled the glass and I'm someone who always likes to crack jokes, even if they're like corny, punny, whatever, that's just me. So uh they had a glass of wine but they put grape juice in it and I was just joking and I was like oh it's not the real stuff and this extra she just turns her head at me and she goes oh why would you think that they would have real alcohol on a set what an amateur and so a few seconds later because I just kept my mouth shut few seconds later the director comes up to me and is telling me all right and then then this scene what you're going to be doing blah 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 and the girl had no clue that i had a supporting role and we'll return after these messages hello and welcome to culture shocked the pop culture podcast brought to you by four aging millennials and our outdated opinions join us every tuesday as we discuss movies tv games and even music new and old dude what do you think you're doing are you seriously trying to record a promo without us right now? Well, uh, yeah. Dude, you can't just do the promo by yourself. Who's going to listen to that? Yeah, and you probably haven't even told them that we're a pop culture podcast where we always agree on everything. Uh, for instance, the Sam Raimi trilogy easily being the best of the Spider-Man movies. J no, no. But I think we can all agree that Jaws is a classical masterpiece. Mm, nope, don't like that. But we do all agree that the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is the best in the Skywalker saga, right, guys? That comment is so ridiculous. I don't even know where to. Anyways, uh, that'll do it from all of us here at Culture Shock. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say, breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America vs. Darth Vader, Solid Snake vs. the Iron Giant, classic matchups like Robocop vs. Terminator, and even the Muppets vs. Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. 
Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S. We are in the U.K. We are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. BlindKnowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. She, it, but it was just, and I remember she like was just like very catty with the other extras and stuff. And it's just like there's no need for that. Like just respect one another, you know. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. It's funny. The people are funny, but I think uh, the further you get into your career, the long because that that was only like a couple years of me being in you know, the industry and still learning a lot of stuff, you learn very quick of, you know, like, like how to act when you're on a set. And um, it just, the more experience you get, the more respect you get and whatever, but I just, and and you learn how to, you know, respect others as well. So anyway, I went on. So you've covered some good topics there. Uh, (laughs) The hotheads usually aren't seen within two years. And if they're still out there, you often just got to be blunt behind the scenes saying, okay, Mm -hmm. we're going to shake hands on this. Don't you dare let anyone know. I don't want to work with this guy. They're a douchebag to everybody for zero reasons. And uh, (laughs) this camera guy, they're great, but their, their computer's always crashing. They're always wanting an, uh, wanting to upcharge people don't don't work with the scumbag so uh right uh, how, how do you recommend you, you, you've already brought up some great points on you know uh obviously you you've asked everyone 10 questions and if they their answer is i don't know then already this is time to just politely end the meeting but um oh do you think web series are still going to go strong or is everyone kind of cutting down on it a little less just because not everyone's watching youtube as much as the streaming platforms well yeah that's the thing is like there's so many streaming platforms now um i think it goes back to if you have a really good story if you have a really good story like something original because i think people and i know i am just as a creative i'm tired of the repetitive story in the way of it looks exactly like, because you know there's a formula in storytelling you know and depending on the genre and everything but like horror films are a great example of like you know and, and people have been making jokes about this for years but you're watching a horror film and you just know when the next person's gonna die there's no suspense there's no shock there's no and 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 you know going into comedies it can be like the same i think comedy's gone way downhill through the years too um just you know people's humor it's very like i like intelligent humor you know and i feel like there's a lot of humor that is not very intelligent but um you know going back to like fun but yeah sometimes be a little too much you're like okay you got too right cute for your own good <laughs> yeah so like i think with a web series in order for a web series to last it's just like with anything like netflix or or prime or hulu whatever it's just you know you gotta have something that really gets people's attention and something that's different you know and so you know to answer your question i don't know when it comes to the web series like it it's i mean everyone's on the internet 
it's easy to access a web series. Now, the other hand is like, if you have a web series where you don't have to have a subscription and it's a really good story and you have really good talent and really good editing and camera and direction, then absolutely the web series will live on. But it's just, it's one of those things where if people do not continue to push all the way through with their creative talents, then yeah, the web series is definitely going to go away. And then we're going to have more of the mainstream stuff happening on Hulu, Netflix, and Prime. Do you think there's also an increase in just too many people having very little happening in their story, like just endless shots of people walking and <laughs> Yeah, really I think people pe- people are not I, I it's like I think because and like now are you talking about like web series or are you talking about just like in general? Amazon like there's been an there's general. been an there's been an increase in like movies that are just like so self-indulgent. You're like, Jesus, yeah. it's just a simple <laughs> someone breaking up with their girlfriend or uh, yeah, I get bored with scenes quick. I get bored with scenes really quick because I, they just they. I'm talking more there's like the no, 24 movies. Like, yeah. everyone feels like they have to be shocking. And you're like, but the first two hours were literally nothing going on. <laughs> yeah, and that's when you need a better editor. Like, you know, like you need a better editor. You need a better script editor. There, they, it's just I don't know. I feel like people are because there's so much going on uh people are producing so many projects you know so it's like a race basically no one's taking the time to really pay attention to what they're producing and they're like oh yeah this like five hours of this person walking or whatever it is they're like that's great let's put it in you know and it's not that's not the case like it's people need to really they they need to bring it back they need to go back and look at our history of film and where you know there's a reason why we are where we are today and if you go look at older films like you look and see how there is so much detail that was focused on you know and this includes scripts it includes acting set design everything no one half-assed anything in film because you were filming with film and it was really expensive you know and so I think because everything's digital and you you don't have to pay for film like there, there's things that we have we, we we're able to save peanuts. money on now <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah absolutely like so people don't care as much about the storytelling or anything so yeah it's like there people have lost so much creative value and it drives me crazy and it's another reason why I'm in the industry because I want to bring the old stuff back in the way of like professional looking film professional art you know just I want I want people to look at my work and be like wow, that was really pleasant on my eyes. I mean, that's not the exact review I want, but you know what I mean. It's like sometimes you watch something and you're like, God, that was such a waste of my time. So that's how I feel about that. Sure. (laughs) I notice a lot of people will also, I don't know, just not say what's really on their mind. They'll be like, yeah, the movie was great just because it was a success, as if they're hoping that that producer will read their Twitter and hire them as a PA or script supervisor. It's like, no. Don't 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 kiss ass. Just say what you think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you you'll be employed. <laughs> there's plenty of producers who will greenlight anything, and that's why there's all these knockoffs or twin movies the same summer. They're trying to beat each other. They don't really care whether it's good or not. They just want their money. <laughs> they just want their money. I know, and I feel like that just cheapens everything having to do. It's like you know, we look at this. We we, we have always been in. Inspired to work in film we we watched something and it and it clicked for us and we said yes I want to work in this industry right and 
So I feel like that movie magic has gone away through within the past 10 years, it's definitely gone away, you know? And uh, it's just, there's no, it's, they're just pretty, it's, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like anything like, a, it's almost like film is like factory made now, you know, it's not like, it doesn't come from, you know, the heart of a filmmaker, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, this looks great. Let's make five of this, you know, film or whatever. Um, but like, I feel that way about the new Hocus Pocus, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, the trailer kind of looks cool and stuff, but I'm like, why are you like, are you really losing that much creative uh, ability that you just have to like copy something again? Like, why do we have to do this again? I like, it was, the original that's, was great. <laughs> that's how I was with Ghostbusters. It's like, okay, you did a female yes! all, all-star cast and now, okay, Jason Reitman, you were doing pretty good just doing your own type of satirical and dramatically rewarding pieces. Now you're like, oh, well, my old man's passing the torch. So I best, I guess, I guess I better take over his franchises. Like, and now everyone's again, it's the men versus women arguments. And it's just like, okay, again, I, but it's not recreating what everyone liked about the original, where it was like Beverly Hills Cop, where, or Super Troopers, where a bunch of comedians got together, took a premise, added their own dialogue, and just had fun with the gimmick and walked right. out after 80 minutes instead of just, elongating it just so you can sell toys or get more nerds geeking out you know it's like for god's sakes <laughs> yeah like you know i don't know and it's just like all right so there's marvel right so they Ooh. come out with a bunch of movies but the thing is these are comic books and the comic books are good the comic books are good because it's real storytelling so all of these characters and even if they do like for captain america they did the 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 um i can't remember the name of the show right now the one with bucky and and uh oh uh, captain you know Winter what i'm talking Soldier. about yeah yeah like like i mean but there's these are stories that continue on and they make sense you know but if you have like a ghostbusters and then a female ghostbusters and whatever like there's no like there's no like story that flows with it, makes sense to it all. It just is, it's nothing. That's how I feel about it. It's nothing. They just There's put no... their name on it and yeah. just to sell a ticket. But... They stamp their name on it and they're like, all right, we're making a million bucks. Now, a good example of something that flows beautifully and it was made years ago and then they just brought it back and it's phenomenal is Top Gun Maverick. What a good film. I don't know if you saw it, but I- I couldn't get into that movie. You couldn't get into it? it was just very lifeless to me just imitating frames from the first one and oh, the first one was already a recruitment ad but i was just like yeah. i don't find this entertaining at all interesting i like this i like it that that you didn't find it entertaining and i found it very entertaining but <laughs> see and that but that's the good thing that's good opinions right there that's good filmmaking perspective and opinions I'm you know glad and everyone this is went and saw all the combat scenes in 3D but, but my main issue is just after a while just i'm seeing repetition of everything that's already been done before sometimes that right. is good but all i'm seeing nowadays are often homages and cgi just endlessly just that looks unfinished it just oh see now you're bringing up a good topic on cgi i i can't stand a lot of cgi because um <laughs> like well okay I'll, or it comes out in spring way. and it's followed by an unrated extended cut i'm like so basically you gave right. me a half-assed movie and you want me to go see the better version on home media? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like with CGI, a lot of stuff looks like a video game to me, and I don't oh, know if yes. it's because yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm an editor and I just like notice this stuff, but it drives me crazy because I'm like, 
<laughs> I'm watching it. And, and then they I'm don't like, know the tone. Like, is it so yeah. bad it's good? Is it uh, just stupid for the stupid sake? Or is it right. fun, but it's really not in on the joke? You know, and so yeah, this is yeah. where everyone gets into arguments about Fast and Furious. Some people will gladly go see it just because it is over the top. And there's others who think it's dumb, but just they love their car porn. And there's others who like to love it. Sure. hate hate watch yeah. it and it's just like well so i'm even more confused who is the audience <laughs> right exactly yeah. do you just uh, love it or do you hate it or do you love to hate it <laughs> i know i know it's like the people who like love to hate it or whatever it's kind of like a um like mystery science theater you know yes. like, oh my God. i love love mystery science theater oh my god i was just watching one the other day for um uh birdemic have you seen that yes, episode? Uh, so fun oh. fact, I saw I saw that at Rift Tracks Live. That was my first event for that. I don't know if Oh, you cool. But uh have you followed a movie sign with the Mads? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, Trace and Frank get together and they'll often have a Vincent Price movie, but it's so cool because they're actually in the theater and yeah, kept, absolutely. They're still doing Zoom events, so you get a free copy of the thing after if you can't make the online show. Right. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so cool. I, I loved it. And I think that I think that's the one I watched the other day was the live one when they were doing Birdemic. So it was I saw so you much in the fun. audience. <laughs> and like yeah, you it say, it's just a filmmaker who kind of like Tommy was so or Neil Breen, not sure what they're making. And you get an even more confusing answer when you ask them in an interview. <laughs> is this a, Absolutely. Is this yeah. a PSA or is this a horror movie? Uh, <laughs> and they, they pretty much almost do a politician move where they kind of back uh 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 back into a wall a little more and you're just like oh so i still don't know what you're going for <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but you've done a good job not answering the question so i guess yeah you don't know <laughs> right <laughs> oh i can't even i don't want to mention the the actor who uh that uh i interviewed once at the film festival because they they kind of are partnered with our festival in a way i can't say who but they are well known for having a very meditative voice and just going completely off the rails with their answers to questions <sighs> and, <laughs> no amount and, of pr can tell them yeah. please simple answers <laughs> only when, when we're off the air i'll tell you exactly who be it more is, predictable <laughs> yes it's just like you're like wait a minute what <laughs> how'd we get started so, on this yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like we went from film to talking about grocery shopping what what's going on here <laughs> like uh, where you, yeah exactly like if i could do the tim allen you know from oh, home you improvement, that would be it right there <laughs> that's the exact reaction <laughs> oh man so before we go uh what so you've been pretty multi-genre you've been you, you've tried your hand at wearing different hats uh what what was what are a few other dream projects that you think could be a reality like some people were trying zoom voiceovers and online animation post-covid some other people were finding other ways to use crowdfunding and uh, I met a really cool group, even in Houston City, apparently, called Cinedux, where basically all these college uh, and theater people literally just would weekly get together and and swear to help each other out on every project they worked on. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. What, what are some positive 
uh, uh, growth that you're working on now that you think will actually lead to a bigger thing? Positive growth. Um, first off, it's like because of us like going through this pandemic and everything and film being on a hold, uh, yeah. you know, I think getting people on an actual set is like number one goal because like that's what it's all about. And like doing the Zoom stuff, like if you're doing voiceover stuff and everything, that's great to be able to do it at home. I totally agree to that. But like I I prefer like being in the room with like other, you know, other creatives because I think that's where you get your best work. So like right. there there are some filmmakers in, in this area in particular who are like, yeah, like I, I like, you know, keeping a distance and not being away. And I just don't think that's really a good collaborative move. So I mean, just you know, with with you know, they my future projects name, and everything. Credit. Yeah, they just it. want the name, the credit, everything. You know, my my big move for, you know, the future and for the rest of my career is just being there in the moment and learning from each other and really growing with your project. Because, you know, the other thing is too, is like, when you, especially if you like write something and you're directing it or produce it, whatever, you know, like 10% of what you've created on a script, like is going to be shown on film, something changes, you know, and, and then it can turn into a completely different story. But that happens if you're actually on set with people and you're, you're getting to know them. And I like table reads too, you know, like table reads, I've always liked going there in person, meeting the co-stars, you know, everybody and getting like a, a lot of table. Yeah, absolutely. Cause like, I don't think you can get much of a feel when you're doing um, a table read on a zoom call now it's been great especially when you have it makes life so much easier you know if you have different cast members in different areas and everything you know there's no travel and everybody can be there at the same time and everything but then at the same time you're looking at them through a computer screen and you're not you're you, you can't like you, you don't have any interaction beforehand so half the time when you're doing a table read you're meeting everyone for the first time as soon as you click the start button you know but you you don't get like the proper introduction like behind the scenes or anything you don't get a feel for each other and uh i, I think it can make things awkward especially if you have like a freeze in the audio or the or the you know the visual you know and so you're like that uh that pause wasn't supposed to be that dramatic in this scene you know what i mean <laughs> Like so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. you're a little more less verbiage and a little less over emoting <laughs> right yeah no it's just i i like you know in-person stuff and i i think we got to get back to that because it's just that's i in my opinion when you are around these people you know you and you get to you know have more of a like a, a side conversation with them before the meeting or something you really get to learn about um, those you're working with and I and there's more of a comfort level and uh, it, in a way too you it's less time wasted once you're on set bingo so, there yeah. see they just said the magic word guys yep. less time. <laughs> free magic words less time yes. wasted less time wasted it's so, one thing yeah. if your lights went out and you're shooting other scenes that don't require it while you wait for a prepare to come to the set you know <laughs> sure absolutely but but having all these shot lists and everyone still doesn't know what they want to shoot man that's you can't get well that. that's, that's the real. thing too and i mean i've even experienced in table reads too you know like i've experienced Ooh, like we're going over kind the of script movie. <laughs> right <laughs> that too that too absolutely but like even like my own directions you know like or you know and i'm i'm with my cameraman and stuff and like I am visualizing the movie as I'm hearing the actors, you know, perform during this table read. And then something sparks my imagination. And I'm like, you know what? 
I know it's not in the script, but I really like the way you said this. And I like this reaction. I liked their facial expression. So we're going to add this shot here. I mean, it's just the film is like when you were shooting a film, you know, it is changing up until basically you're done editing, you know? Oh, so yes. <laughs> that's that's a big deal. Like your movie is not going to be complete until it is completed. You know, <laughs> like that's, you. when you're editing, like whatever you're filming, you know, what you filmed and then you're you're sitting at your computer and you're editing, like film's going to change completely even with just the cuts you use, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be a great angle that not even the camera picked up that unfortunately you can only imply off screen or with a great musical cue, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, but I, but I back to, you know, what I was saying before having like in-person productions going on fully, you know, I think that may it definitely will help with my creativity but I hope it would help with other people's creativity of just being in the same room with everybody and getting to know them a little more on a personal level so you know how to make them truly shine uh now riddle me this have you ever had uh, a cameraman also even show up for the uh table reads and sometimes just kind of record so then you can even see who's really invested in uh, yes. how you were directing them <laughs> I love it. I love it when I have like, cause I love uh, BTS. I love having behind the scenes. Some of them get I intimidated because they wanted to be more private. I'm like, no, it's, it's a helpful tool too. But I, absolutely. Because, well, it definitely is. And I think it like for the actors, if they're intimidated by it, it's like, well, if you're intimidated with a camera in your face then you probably shouldn't be doing you're this. You're not going to take you know, direction well anyway. So. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and you might as well, it's, it, you know, table reads are rehearsals. So if you have a camera there, it's rehearsal and right. this also i mean it helps helps cameraman everything too so it just damn it do i gotta bring your professor to this set you're gonna act this way <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you behave when they're yeah. looking over your shoulder <laughs> <laughs> so but um yeah no i i love i love having uh, a cameraman on board at all times because then i can look back on because I'm terrible at note taking. So even though I take my own notes and they're in my head and everything, you know, I still I forget stuff. <laughs> yeah. So if I, <laughs> I'm like, forget the paper. I'm like, well, just record it and I'll go over it later. And, uh, but so it's great note taking for me because, uh, you know, I, I get to look, you know, cause I'm focusing on so many, you know, I got, you know, two actors, you know, and they're doing dialogue with each other. Right. And so I may be focusing on one actor more than I'm focusing on the other. So then I get to look back on that footage later and then I get to focus on the other actor. So mm, there you go. That's what I, that's what I do. You so. already know the dialogue sounds good <laughs> and how it, you know, the cameraman was never going to let you down in terms of the shots. So now it's like, I got to just make sure which of these takes of the acting to use instead of let's yeah, just absolutely. The take well, when it's not the best. Take. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah like but yeah I can look at facial expressions I mean facial and, and I get that from like theater too you know because and there's always that battle of theater versus film and you know because so many so many film people are like oh theater actors you know they're so loud and they're so big with everything and then you know whatever and then theater people are like oh film is so small and little details and everything I'm and I think glad you, you bring that up I yeah, I was at a college where the film and theater department fucking hated each other. And because they yeah. hated each other, because they spited each other, they would make sure their schedules didn't correlate just so they could get department of the year. It was just like for real. So because of your own personal politics and hating each other's guts, right. you're going to make us all suffer. I know. 
it's like it's like uh the west side story for college like, uh, absolutely <laughs> these two absolutely. are yeah vatos versus cholos these guys are fucking yeah. each other's shit up it, it's right <laughs> yeah it's not good <laughs> uh, and it's not even over a woman or private property it's over just no. i hate your guts <laughs> i got yeah, a bigger silver yeah, blade right. than you i was here first <laughs> it's like exactly okay, turf war yeah. idiots <laughs> absolutely and so like i really look at you know because i like i like theater actors and maybe it's because i'm also a theater person too and I know like the difference between uh you know theater acting and film acting and so I like to you know more than anything because I'm so big on like you know life lessons and blah 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 like just with my everyday life I definitely want my like I'm gonna learn from my my cast and crew but I want my cast to definitely like learn something from me and and so like having like facial expressions, like good facial expressions, I think is a great thing in film because I don't like dullness. Like Kristen Stewart is not my favorite actress because she's just got the same face all the damn time, you know? (laughs) And so like, if you can tell the story with your eyes, like, and not say a word, that's amazing to me, you know? But that's my opinion. Boom. (laughs) Yeah, but no, I know what you mean. It, it does also get annoying when you even have to tell people it's like, I don't hate them, but I don't care for them. I just right. think they're restricted to this format, and this is not what I'm talking about at all. But then, uh, also, I don't have a million dollars to find out the hard way based on investor mm-hmm. interests whether or not it does or does not work. So it does get also annoying telling other people it's like, okay, that's great and all, but you're not going to get a Christopher Nolan shot on this production it's not going to be here so if that's what you require then move out now not not a diss but also not realistic expectations you know we're going for more yeah kind of like you say recorded stage play and with experimental indie style you know it's just it's so tough to explain the different styles to other people because they're still there's even other people who seem to just think, oh, there's no audience for a Michael Bay production or a trashy slasher. It's like, well, yes, there is. Why do you think they keep making them? <laughs> there's an audience for every, there's an audience for everything. And, and, and that's why film is like, people get so, uh, they, they get so worried about, they want like a certain angle and they want a certain thing and whatever, but they don't understand that like, you know, film, it was <laughs> like, think about when film was first created you know it was it was a moving picture with a crank camera you know and it came from you know from you know books i've read and stuff it came from like move motion picture toys and things like that so i mean right it's even though a (laughs) book requires six pages to tell one scene uh. (laughs) right yeah and it's like you know it's just film is something that is <laughs> film is developing every day uh, that you can take that however you want it yeah you know? uh, but, i love that <laughs> the dolly lana has spoken you know <laughs> but, oh dolly uh, <laughs> do you want to describe yourself as the dolly llama i'm just kidding <laughs> but <laughs> no 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 like the camera dolly yeah oh very <laughs> good meta. i like man man i like it's all right this. we got too many like apple great jokes <laughs> those who don't know what we're talking about google it yeah just google it <laughs> i was so glad when i think i saw director jonathan franks who used to be an actor who was talking in an interview about a 
new show he was working on. And uh, I was so happy that whoever wrote the editorial actually linked the apple crate joke instead of just leaving their viewers wondering what's he talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, thank you. I love it's it like when someone links to internet slang and it's relating to film slang, <laughs> film stuff Absolutely. only film crew members get. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but... Uh, do you are you ever on even any of those film set meme uh, groups? I love the ones where they're like, the oh yeah, connect, connect I, the I, dots. I can't remember. We'll fix it in post as part of the no no crew. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. It's great because I'll post stuff on my story on like Instagram or something, and nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. And I'm like, good. I'm glad you don't know what I'm talking about. It's more it's cryptic. My <laughs> it's my. <Yes>. <laughs> she did it her way it's great too because like when people when not everyone gets the joke you say the joke and then you like you say it in a big crowd of people and somebody's like you just hear a laugh random and you're like oh there's my new friend they get it there's my new friend (laughs) and then it's a slow building belly aching like (laughs) exactly (laughs) and everyone else is just like mystified or texting wtf what's what's going on and that's why laughing we don't at want me is like no but we might as well <laughs> we might as well be <laughs> yeah uh film film it's a great it's a great it's a great industry you meet a lot of very interesting people in this industry good and bad mostly good filter out the bad i replaced my filter the bad is no more <laughs> yeah. Now, this is what it is. Focus on the good and write about the bad in your next script. I, I There you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if, if they want to walk out of the premiere, premiere saying, oh, you're talking about what an asshole I am. Yeah, you're right. Feel free to leave the premiere. Yep. Um, yep. So this has been a joy talking to you. Uh, would you care to talk it's about the... It's been a lot the, of fun, thanks. Uh, I, I hope to. Uh, would you care to talk about the boot campaign, which over 600 celebrities have contributed to, which you're promoting? Yeah, boot campaign. So I, okay, so when uh, when COVID first was happening, my good friend, Johnny Joey Jones, if you can say that name really fast. Johnny uh, Joey yeah, Jones is a tongue Johnny Joey Jones. <laughs> Johnny Joey Jones coming to TNT. <laughs> so, so uh, my friend, so Joey, Joey is a uh, very Jones. good friend of mine. <laughs> Joey Jones. Uh, he's, he's awesome. Uh, uh, he's a he uh, he's not a wrestler. retired Marine. Okay. Yeah. Not a wrestler. He he's built like a wrestler. Uh, but he's, he's no, he's a retired Marine. Um, who, uh, he retired staff sergeant in the Marine Corps. He back thank in 2010, he lost. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, he lost both of his legs above the knee in Afghanistan when he stepped on an IED, he was an EOD tech. Oof. And, um, and so he, you know, through the years, he has been doing public speaking and he's been involved with different veteran organizations. And he got involved with the Boot Campaign, which is a nonprofit veteran organization. And they sell combat boots uh, to raise money for veterans and military families. And so Joey, when, when COVID first happened, he wrote an op-ed because he is a Fox News contributor. He wrote an op-ed talking about how going through the coronavirus and being in quarantine is like being deployed in Afghanistan and fighting an invisible enemy, just like the IEDs that are in the ground. And 
Um, and so he contacted me and he asked me if I would make a film based off, well, at the time it was uh, a, a video because he wanted like a YouTube video and stuff. But then I ended up asking him if I could put it in film festivals. And so anyway, uh, so he asked me to make a film based off this op-ed he wrote. And so we got 14 veterans, including him involved with this project. And we called it, We Will Get Through This. And so all the veterans, they read the narration uh, to the film. And then I, I collected a lot of um, DOD footage uh, from a, a site called Divids and uh, just put this piece together. Um, and it was There's just a to spread a positive message. Sites and we can make a great documentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so it was just to spread a positive message saying we will get through COVID. And, uh, and so we lent the video to the boot campaign and that's how I got involved with them. And so they, they posted uh, my video uh, short film on their YouTube page and it was on their website, still on their website, I'm pretty sure. And uh, then it was featured on Fox and Friends twice. And, uh, you know, we, it just was, it opened a lot of doors for me because now I edit videos for a lot of different military nonprofits, uh, like the Inspire Up Foundation and Giving Tuesday Military. And then I also edit videos for uh, military, uh, military Families Magazine. And nice. uh, anyway, so then like a year after, you know, the, the film uh, was made, I was having lunch with Joey and I said, hey, uh, <laughs> can I put this movie, can I put this in uh, film festivals? And he's like, I didn't even know that was an option. Absolutely. And so um, we I were featured at a couple different, yeah, so we, we were featured at a couple different film festivals and then we won best florida 180 at the avalonia film festival and now um because it's been a couple of years since we made we will get through this um yeah i'm about to retire the project from the film festival circuit but it is going to be shown at the cobb international film festival in marietta georgia in uh the beginning of august so i'm looking forward to that and a lot of our veterans live in georgia too so it would be nice to get them together and you know just for like the last showing in uh festivals but it's a cool piece. So if you guys want to check it out, it's on Boot Campaign's uh, YouTube page. It's called We Will Get Through This. And it's a okay, it's nice. a great piece. And now, you know, because now we're, you know, we're 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 getting through COVID and everything, you know. Uh, now I use this film as a, you know, because it's a it's to it's about, you know, fighting an invisible enemy. So invisible enemies can be anything. It could be depression and anxiety. So it's just it's a positive message for anyone who's dealing with something and just letting them know that you will get through this. Stellar. And Thanks. so glad that they <laughs> were able to get someone who can go through any kind of subtext, any kind of message, any kind of theme. Right. To conquer it. <laughs> so what, what do you have next for Central Florida Film Festival? I, I saw that there weren't any current events, but uh, I didn't know if you guys were doing online Zoom uh, film screenings or... Well... Um, we, we have been able to, um, do in-person, uh, we, we've been able to have the festival in person, uh, really since COVID happened, we, we, uh, we didn't have it in 2020. So we, we started up again in, in 2021, but we were like the first in-person festival in Florida to actually have a, a live event in person. Um, and so our festival is every January and, um, it's going to be, the end of January. I'm actually looking it up because I can't remember the dates. It's like That's the fine. 20. I did the same thing. We're like oh, the shit. 20th or the. <laughs> it's let me look. It's um. 
that's for 2022. It's the last week of, of January, but you can go onto centralfloridafilmfestival.com and get your, uh, get the dates for it there. And, you know, for anyone who wants to have a film at the Central Florida Film Festival, it is a uh, international film festival. It's it really, oh my God, it's such a fun event, but uh, you can, you can go on film freeway and you can still submit, uh, our last, uh, our last day we're accepting submissions is October 1st. So stellar. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been a delight talking to you and yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks so much. All right. You heard it from everyone here, guys, producer Phillips, look out. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a